Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's your favorite curly redhead, Mama D, with another episode of Ripples of Healing. So guys, I'm excited, as always, to be here, to be in your presence. Guess what? I celebrated a year and a half of giving um, my all (laughs) to what God has put inside me as far as this podcast goes. And it is exactly what the name of it is. It is healing for a lot of people. It's a ripples of healing, not just for the listeners, but also for myself as I um, go through the different episodes. I realize how God has been healing me and the ripple effect of these episodes is also for those who are in need of healing that listen that they get healing as well. And God, isn't he just isn't he just wonderful? Isn't he just just so, so good? The way he does things, he does things in order. The way he does things, he does things in details. God wants to heal each and every part of our life. And the ripples of healing is exactly what God had intended it to be. A tool to heal the hearts, minds, and spirits of his people. Amen. So today, I come to you with um, another episode. And the question of the day is, why do we feel like asking for help seems weak? Why do we feel that asking for help seems weak? Yeah. I grew up in a household where that was just not what we did. <laughs> we don't ask people for help. We figure it out, you know. So, but here's the thing. The word of God says in Psalm 46, okay, regarding help. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. That's what the word of God says. That's what it says. And in verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Isn't that the greatest reassurance that not only does God hear us when we pray or he hear us when we cry out in times of trouble, but he is our source, he is our refuge, and he is our help in the time of trouble. Amen. Amen. Such a reassurance. Such such a reassurance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. So as always, we're going to start with a prayer, and then we're going to dive right into this episode. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come humbly and boldly to your throne of grace, Lord God, Thanking you for your loving kindness. Thanking you for your amazing grace. And thanking you for your love that sustains, your grace that sustains us, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for the air in our lungs, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for the eyes that you allow to see, the ears that you allow to hear, and the mouth that you allow to speak, Lord God. Father, whatever it is, whatever we we, we woke up with, Lord, any ache, any pain, Lord God any illness, Father God, we know that you are 
our help in the time of trouble. Any struggle that we might be going through, Lord God, you are our help in the time of trouble. Father, you said, call on my name. And not only will I hear you, but I will deliver you out of all your trouble. I will rescue you. Rescue. That's what your word says, that you rescue us, God. So thank you, Father. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for being our help, our present help in the times of trouble, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that there is nothing that is too big for you and nothing that you will not do because of your great, unfailing, unmeasurable, unconditional love for us. Father, we thank you in advance. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Oh, family, family, family. Yes, I have to definitely um, tell you about this wonderful episode that I have. And, you know, I like I said, I grew up in a, in a single-parent home. And my mother, was, as I look back, she seemed to be one of the strongest persons in the world to me. Because she was and did everything for our family. It was just me, my sister, and my mother. But my mom used to say over and over again, I hate asking people for help. She said it made her look weak, poor, and sad. And that she did not like any of that. Okay? My mom did not, didn't want anybody looking down on her. She, my mother was a single woman and she had a lot of pride. Yes, she did. But <laughs> my mother, if she'd have known, she would have known now what I know. Back then, she would have known that pride is a big downfall for, for people. I think the real problem was that, that she wasn't used to people doing nice things for her, you know. And I, and I believe that m might be true for a lot of us. We're just not used to people doing nice things for us or even saying nice things to us. Because we feel, though we are unworthy, and so we build up these walls that, they, we, that protect us from people that we think hurt us or that would cause problems for us. The problem with the walls is that it keeps everybody out. It even keeps God out because we build these walls and we feel that we can't trust anybody. And because we don't trust anybody, we don't trust God either. We don't trust him with our problems. We don't trust him to, to do what we think he needs to do in regards to us to help solve our problems. So we go around trying to solve it and, and, and lots of times, I could say 99.9% .9 of the time, making the, this situation worse than what it was. <laughs> I know it was for me, you know. So how can you experience someone being nice to you or even showing you love if you have these walls up? You know what I'm saying? You know, it's impossible. It hardens your heart. And we develop all these trust issues with people and aggressive behavior and attitudes. Oh, forget about with the attitude. That was me all the way. And that was my mother. Yes, it was. You know, even my sister. Thinking that that most that most people just wanted something from you and they didn't want to be nice to you. You know, I, I wish my mom when I was when when she was growing up. And even as an adult, I wish she had a relationship with Jesus. You know, 
I just know that her outlook on life would have been so very different. Unfortunately, my mother did not come to know Jesus until she was in her 50s. And that's when she accepted him as her Lord and Savior. So, you know, a lot of times we feel, wow, we wasted so much time and our lives could have been so much different, you know. But the, God God has a way of turning every trial, every struggle, every trouble that we encounter in our lives and changing it for our good. Once we come to him, it says all things in Romans 8, all things work together for those who love the Lord, who are called by him as well. So we know that all the things that happen in our past, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, God still, you hear what I say? He still uses all those things for the good. Unfortunately, my mother was a single parent raising her children in Harlem during the 60s and the 70s. And like most people in our, our families in our neighborhood, we were poor too. So there were very little resources, very little jobs, and we had very little hope that our circumstances would get better. But the local churches in those communities were a staple for our homes. They took care of a lot of the families that were struggling in the neighborhoods. They also provided Sunday school for the neighborhood children as well as girls and Boy Scouts. And they provided free afternoon lunches as well for the, the children. And for most of the families, they also gave out boxes of food for the pantry to help with meals in families' houses. But I think the more, but I think more than all the programs that they provided, the people needed more spiritual food to feed their souls. We needed Jesus. He was the hope we were looking for in our broken lives. Because we have a heavenly father that wants to bless his children, and that's who we are. He is Jehovah Jireh, if you don't know him. Jehovah Jireh means that God provides for us. He provides for his children according to his riches and glory. All right? Not your bank account. Not what's on your paycheck. Not what's in your pocket. Not what your neighbor will lend you. Not what's in your household. It's so much more than that and so much greater than this is. He will provide according to his riches and glory. And since God's riches are unlimited, you hear what I say? Unlimited. We can't put a price on it. And that means that we have access to it. This is the inheritance, right, that we want to leave our children. I know it's the inheritance that I want to leave my children. I wish this was the inheritance that my mother left me and my siblings but she wasn't left that either. But I thank God. I thank God that he sees us for who we are. And we have to teach our children this hope. And we have to teach our children to pray. Pray to this Jesus that we, we all know. That Jesus is in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray because God wants to heal our lives. You know, our father knows his children very well even better than we know ourselves. And I just I just believe that as we encourage each other, as we look after each other, as we love one another, take care of one another, because that is the will of God for our lives, that we will find that 
God will continue to bless our homes, bless our children, protect them and bless our bank accounts. If we're obedient to the word of God and he tells us to to take care of the poor and take care of the needy and to provide. God says that he will open up a window of heaven and pour down a blessing so great that we won't even have room for it. I don't know about anybody else, but I need that blessing. You hear what I say? (laughs) I need that blessing. And it's not always a financial blessing. It can be anything, anything, anything. It can be salvation for your whole family. Could you imagine that? Because you know what salvation for your whole family means? It means that when you go to heaven, you'll see all of them in heaven with you. That's what it means. Salvation for your whole family. I don't know about anybody else, but that makes me excited. I want my children and my children's children and my children's children from generation to generation to be right where I'm at. To go to heaven. To be with the father that loves us more than anything. Because he created us in his image. That's what he did for us. And as women, we, we go through so much in our lives and there are a lot of times there even in my neighborhood when I was growing up there were a lot of single parent families all my friends almost I think there might have been two (laughs) that that had fathers in their homes you know and so what made it seem weak to society and may it have seemed flawed to them as well, you know, and putting labels on women who did not have husbands, who did not have um, relationships with the fathers that they had these, these children with, you know, degrading them is what society has done. But let me tell you something. There's some some powerful women in the Bible that God used to change the trajectory of his people. I'm just going to give you a few. Okay. Here are the women that God used. And here is the one of the most famous ones. Or should I say the most important one of all? And that was Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God used this young woman and her life to bring forth the greatest gift to the world. And that was Jesus Christ, our Savior, who he laid to die for us and our sins to save us. That's what he did. And because Jesus being born, we have everlasting life and we have been restored to the family of God our father. Then there was a woman by the name of Ruth who just explained that she had seen some great and terrible trials in her life. Terrible trials in life. Her husband died. Her father-in-law died. Her her brother-in-law died. But she had vowed to follow her mother-in-law, Naomi. And by devoting her life to follow her mother-in-law and to be dwell amongst her mother-in-law's people and to serve her mother-in-law's God. And then God sees her faithfulness 
and he shows her great favor. And because she was obedient to her mother-in-law, she met a great man by the name of Boaz, who she later married. And because of that union, she became the great grandmother of King David, in which Jesus Christ comes from his lineage. Amen. How wonderful is that? The birth of a savior. He was born through the lineage of a king because he is the king of king and the Lord of lords. Amen. And then I want to give you another one. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Her name is Mary Magdalene. Beautiful. Mary Magdalene, who became a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. He healed her from demonic spirits that had tried to destroy her life. And because he healed her, she followed him in his ministry, meeting to his needs and encouraging his disciples and eventually bearing witness to Jesus' crucifixion and burial. Now, her story may not seem significant to many, but look how her story has been written in the Bible. And there are so many more women that God used so significantly. I say all that to say that if we as, as women surrender our lives and all that we have to the Father, he can use us the same way to change the trajectory of our families, to change the trajectory of our neighborhoods, of our communities, amen, of our nation, praying women, seeking God, seeking God and letting him use us to move, to be the vessels that he wants to do great things with and great things out of. That's the God we need. That's the God we serve. You know, changing our families. How wonderful would that be? Changing our country. You know, I wish my mother was here. I would encourage her to be brave and stand strong because there's nothing in our lives that God can't use. He can use our pain. He can use our struggles. He can use our past and turn it into a purpose. He will turn our trials into victory for us and give us a great testimony to help others who are going through the same thing, who need to know that trouble don't last always and that there is going to come a time where God is going to move. If you allow him to, if you invite him into your life, invite him into your life today. God, I want to change. I'm tired of struggling the way I'm struggling. I, I, I'm tired of, of walking this, this life by myself. I need you. That's what you ask him. You say, I need you. Because we all need Jesus. We need him. We need him. This life has not promised any good thing to us. I don't care what it is. I, I remember watching a program on TV and I thought it was the craziest program ever until one day I just didn't have anything else to do and I kind of just kept it on that program. But I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Lottery change had um, ruined my life. And I kept thinking, how in the heck can hitting the lottery ruin your life? But then as I watched it, oh, I was like, see, we all think that if we hit the lottery, we'll have all our problems solved. 
We hit the lottery, we pay off all our bills, we buy us a house, we buy us a car, we have money in the bank, whatever we want to. But we don't understand all the problems that come with having that. All the problems that come with it. Because the vultures will come. Oh yeah, they will come. They find you got, my mother used to say, you got uh, uh, $2.59 more than them. They come in to knock on the door. Okay? And so as I watched this program, I was like, now I understand how lottery could actually ruin your life. Because if you have never been taught that God is the greatest source of our life, then you don't know what to do when something, when a blessing comes your way. You don't know because you've never had a blessing as far as you know, because you don't have a relationship with God. But as far as you know, you have never had a blessing happen to you in your life. So if you don't know how to take that blessing and use it to honor the God that has blessed you, then you will lose it. It's like people lose their money when it comes to lottery. You know what? The greatest thing that, that someone was talking to me and I thought it was so funny. And not the greatest thing, but I've said this so many times and it, it just makes me laugh every time I say it to him. I said, I have never seen a rich man take to take um, to the grave with him his house, his dog, his butler, his maid, his family, and his business. They don't bury them all together. Usually they bury that, that man or woman by themselves. Because it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter as much, much people you know, how many likes you have on Facebook, how many Instagram followers you have, and how many TikTok um, videos you can do, how many Twitter followers that you have. It does not matter. It doesn't. In the end, it does not matter. You know what matters in the end? Your relationship with God. That's what's going to matter. God created us for our souls to last to eternity. Not our bodies, but our souls to last for eternity. Because our God is a spiritual God. And so our souls are just that. And they last to eternity because they go to him. And that's where they live in it, to eternity. But these bodies will decay. They will rot. They will give up. And they will be buried. But like I said, I've never seen a rich man buried with all his stuff that he came in this world with or he acquired while he was in this well, he acquired when he was in this world and he just got his riches. I've never seen that happen. But the blessings of the Lord that we go and be with him in heaven, that now that's tremendous. Now that's worth having. The word of God says, seek ye the kingdom of heaven. And all God's righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. So God wants us to seek him first and then he will add to us. 
the things that he wants us to have. Things that will last. Things that will last. Things up in heaven, treasures up in heaven, just waiting for us. So we don't have to worry about all the stuff that's down here. Because all this stuff we can't take with us anyway. But you know what lasts? Our souls. Our souls last. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I just believe, you know, let me, let me say this to you. That there is no pain that Jesus can't heal and there is no hurt that he can't feel. All things work according to his perfect plan and his perfect will. So let me encourage you because the battle is not ours. It is the Lord's and he will fight it and become victorious for us. We will have victory. So just hold on because help is on the way. And stay encouraged because he hears our cries. He hears our prayers and he hears our pleas for help. It says it in his word. So let's go out the way and let, let's get out of the way and let God move in our lives on our behalf. And stop trying to solve the problem and get in God's way. God don't need our help. He is God Almighty all by himself. He is the great I am. He is the great El Shaddai. So God don't need our help. This is the same God who created the heavens, the earth, and the universe. He don't need our help to fix our lives. He needs us to be still. He needs us to pray. He needs us to be obedient And most of all, he needs us to surrender, surrender our hearts, surrender our lives to him so that he can fix our lives and change them for the better. That is the God that we serve. He doesn't need our help to accomplish any of this stuff. And like I said, I wish my mother was alive and she knew this God that I know. And she experienced the love that I've experienced from this God that I know, that I love. Because he loves me first. But I love him. Because I'm not going to tell you that my life is not a struggle sometimes. I'm not going to tell you that I don't have problems. I'm not going to tell you that um, there are days where I just don't feel like being bothered. But I wake up every morning grateful, God, with a grateful heart, saying, thank you, Father. Thank you for waking me up because there are a lot of people that did not wake up. Thank you, Father, for putting breath in my lungs that I can breathe. Thank you, Father, allowing me to open up my eyes so my eyes can see your beauty. Thank you, Father. Because God wants me to have a grateful heart and I have a grateful heart for all he has blessed my life with. Thank you, Father, for protecting me and my family as we slept helplessly in our houses from seen and unseen danger. Thank you, Father, for your mercies, Lord God, each and every day that are new to us. Thank you, Father, for your traveling mercies as I go back and forth to my job, Lord God, and my children go back and forth to their jobs. Thank you, Father, that you bring us back safely. Thank you, Father, that nothing happens at our jobs. I mean, I mean, there's so many things to be thankful for. You remember, we live 
in an evil world. And every other week there is a mass shooting. There is somebody doing this and somebody and, and there is, I mean, the list is endless. Human trafficking. The list is endless. Overdoses. The list is endless in drug addiction. Endless, endless list of all the things that are wrong. But <laughs> let me tell you, sis, <laughs> we got a savior. We got a God who no matter what happens, he is still God above all. He is still great. He is still mighty. He is still loving. And he still cares for us. And I am going to play a song at the end of this. And I'm going to sing this song as well. So I just want you to just sit back and listen to this song. It comes so appropriate for this time of year. For the God who is our Savior. Listen to the angels rejoicing air so sweetly, receiving heaven's glory the night that Christ was born. Listen to the angels rejoicing air so sweetly, receiving heaven's glory. The night that Christ was born Can't you see the people Coming from every nation Coming from every nation Pleading for their salvation Pleading for salvation The night that Christ The night that Christ was born Hallelujah